This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Coming up on Squats and Margaritas. All moms go through varying degrees of this, where all of a sudden our lives kind of are in some ways flipped upside down because everything that we had worked for our entire youth, you know, you work so hard and then we're such a rewards-based society that when you get to motherhood, you don't get those same rewards. And for people who are high achievers, it's so incredibly hard. And so that's kind of been my mission in motherhood to be like, let's flip what we find reward and let's, let's find those rewards in the work that we do as moms, rather than the fact that we're not getting much of a salary bump, um, round of applause at the end of the day for doing <laughs> everything. <about> hey, senorita, <laughs> really nice to meet ya. Have some tequila and say, First of all, squats and margaritas is like the best name for a podcast. Thank you. I was always calculating calories and macros. And when I just calmed the F down, I found my physical ideal. Am I addicted to moderate drinking? You're very subtly admitting powerlessness and unmanageability. And I'm proud yeah. of you. That's beautiful. Did you struggle with actual eating disorders? Anorexia and bulimia. Um, wow. Thank you for saying for me, that. Katie Couric. Nothing screws up a kid more than having a parent on top of that kid all the time. Kenya Moore. Before I take a shower, I would always step on... And I saw my daughter starting to do that. Like, she doesn't know how to even read the numbers, but she saw me doing it. Actress Melissa Joan Hart. I remember the first time I was told I could be a movie star if I lost 10 pounds when I weighed 103. Pinky Cole, were you high when you came up with the name? I was very high. (laughs) This is Squats and Margaritas. This week on Squats and Margaritas, it's mompreneur, author, and social media coach, Brooke Raybold. You know her from Instagram. You're probably part of the half a million followers that she has amassed as a mompreneur. She balances all the things, and I mean all the things. She's a mom to four boys. She homeschools them. She gets in a workout every morning. She is running a brand. And I need to know how the hell she does it. Please do me a favor and hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this episode. And please, please consider leaving me a quick review for Squats and Margaritas on Apple Podcasts. Here is my episode with Brooke Raybold. Thank you for having me on. Oh my gosh. Thank you for saying yes. I found you through the food, babe. She's amazing. She is. And I interviewed her and she's like, you know, you should talk to. And I was like, tell me, Um, because I probably wouldn't have been able to get to you if I had not had that little lead in with your massive following that we are going to get into. My first question is how the hell are you even able to do this interview right now? And where are your children? (laughs) Okay. So my little boys, uh, so I have four boys, four boys, two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? (laughs) You. (laughs) Uh, uh, I homeschool my older two boys who are six and eight, who I'm going to be transparent right now. They're watching a show on the iPad right now. 
I'm not a huge, which I don't know if we'll get into this. I'm not a huge screen time person. We use some screen usage for our homeschool. Uh, my son was having a hard day and he just built this dreams Lego and this is motherhood, right? I have my rules. I have, you know, the things I try to teach my kids, but it was just one of those moments where I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this podcast and we're all going to make it work. We did our homeschool. We already finished our math and our language arts. Um, so my two older boys are home with me homeschooling. My two younger ones do go to a morning, uh, part-time preschool close by it's like a nine to one ish type thing. Um, so my, my hope is that I'll kind of segue them into homeschool. And then if my older boys want to go back to school, I say maybe around sixth grade. So we're kind of like filtering everybody through this little system. We'll see. We take it one day at a time. This is our first year homeschooling. You figured it out. I mean, your routine is like seamless and you say you run your household like a company. Yeah. Um, and you have Fair. hours and your children comply to the hours that you're on. And I, <laughs> I know <to> this. <laughs> Some people look at me and they're like, they take it like to the liter most literal point, right? right? They're like, oh my gosh, she, and if you know me and hopefully people listening to, to this will be like, oh, she's not like a drill sergeant. She just does this. So her family of six can actually operate in this nice little kind of regimen and routine so that we can have the freedom to enjoy each other, do the things that we want to do. Um, so I guess my backstory is I got pregnant with my first son when I was getting my MBA at Georgetown. Um, I'd worked hard to get into that program and I had just gotten married a few weeks ago. And I was like, ah, I'm not feeling well. Maybe it's the late night study sessions or the extra caffeine I'm drinking. I was just dragging. And my husband literally like looked at me cause we didn't date. We dated a year and he was like, oh my gosh, did I marry like a dud? Cause I was like on the couch, <laughs> like a few weeks after we got married and I could not get up and to rule out everything. We were both so busy. Um, I took a pregnancy test. It was positive. So I was pregnant my first year. It was a two-year full-time program. I had my son literally after I finished finals of my first year. It was like a couple of weeks later. I got summer with him and then I went back, finished my second year um, and then uh, decided to stay home with my kids. But I went back. My background was in corporate America. I quit my job to go back to business school to pursue entrepreneurship. Um, that was very important to me. I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. I wanted to just, I don't, I don't like like the labels, but I just wanted to be able to spend as much time with my kids as I could, but, or I should say, but, and I wanted to run a business that I loved. I was in corporate America, like I said, and I just kind of fell out of love with working. And when I studied an undergrad, I discovered entrepreneurship and I was like, oh my gosh, I could build a business that represents like who I am. This is the coolest thing in the entire world. And, and all of a sudden like school started to make sense. And so I took the path that every, or not everybody else does, but the traditional like post-business school path. And it was hard when I went back to business school because so many people were going that traditional route to, so to say, oh, I'm going to be a I'm going to be a mom after business school. Uh, and that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to figure it out and hopefully start something of my own. It, it made me feel, um, a little bit uncomfortable. I know all moms go through varying degrees of this where all of a sudden our lives kind of are in some ways flipped upside down because everything that we had worked for our entire youth through sports, academics, um, 
you know, you work so hard and then you become a mom. And this is something I, I talk about and think about often. We're such a rewards based society that when you get to motherhood, you don't get those same rewards. And for people who are high achievers, it's so incredibly hard to flip uh, the mindset. And um, Dr. Andrew Huberman talks about this. He's a neurobiologist out of Stanford. He says that it's important that we spike our dopamine through the effort that we exert rather than the reward that we get from doing the thing that we're doing. And so that's kind of been my mission and motherhood to be like, let's flip what we find reward and let's let's find those rewards in the work that we do as moms rather than the fact that we're not getting much of a salary bump um round of applause at the end of the day for doing <laughs> everything <laughs> all the things that we're used to whether it's in sports and academics so i've kind of made it my mission to figure out how to structure my house uh to be able to support myself as a high achieving female. Let's talk about how you do it. Um, the routine five fifteen is the wake up. <gasps> and this wasn't always the case. I it's hard when, especially new moms ask me questions and they're like, wait, I'm having my first baby. Should I be getting up at five in the morning? <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, <laughs> this routine that I've developed, my oldest is eight years old. So this is me having been eight years as a mom developing these systems and routines that um, you know, in those early years, I was looking to the relatable mom content just to get me through, uh, you know, okay, I'm not alone in the late nights. I'm not alone. And this is hard. I'm not alone. But then you get to, for me, it was the third kid where you settle into motherhood a little bit when maybe my oldest was around four and a half and I was about to have my third baby and the relatable stuff. I was even sharing it on my social media platform. That's the time that it started to grow. Um, and even though I was sharing it behind the scenes, I started developing these systems, uh, working out, waking up a little bit earlier and then a little bit earlier and then a little bit earlier uh, because I just couldn't do it all. I couldn't be a mom to three kids. I couldn't finally run the business that I wanted to run, that I dreamed of running, running since business school. And all of a sudden I was doing everything that I wanted to do. Right. But it was hard. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh my gosh, look at me. Like I had made my first six figures, like on my own as like nobody else. I was like, wait, I just made a, I made a, like, to me, that was a, such a big deal. It is. A I big was like, deal. I, I, yeah, I was like, I did it. This is, this is hard. And they say it's, you know, you read all these business books. They say, it's not going to be like this magical moment. It's just going to be the reality of this is your new reality. Do you want to continue, um, basically pursuing the dream reality? And if you do, that is going to necessitate some lifestyle changes. And you're going to have to now step up to the plate and rearrange some of the things maybe some of the habits that you've been partaking in if you want to juggle all these balls in the air. So the routine is out of necessitation. So when people come to me, when women come to me and they're like, I want to do this, I say, you know, you, you like necessity is a good thing. Like pressure can be a good thing. We don't want too much of it, but some of it helps our performance. I know you're you know, athlete through mm -hmm. and through some of that game time performance helps you, uh, and motivates you. And I've really tapped into that. So 
my 5 a.m. now mornings is like to me every day in motherhood is a game that I get to play. And I'm like, all right, like bedtime, 9 p.m. I was in bed by 8.45. Um, I don't drink alcohol anymore. I used to, and I know this is Watson Mar- Margarita is my drink of choice. I'm <laughs> yeah, not, a, not oh. enough. No. <laughs> so I, I'm actually sober curious and live okay. a lot. Like I'll have a glass of wine or a beer with dinner, but like sure. that, I don't binge drink. I don't have another one because asleep because yeah. sleep is everything. I, so don't, you're not, if you're not offending me. <laughs> No. And I, I'm like the party girl from orange County, California. So I'm like, I know how to throw down and have fun, but the things that started to become so important to me made me look at those things. It's like, if you want to go, you know, run a 10 K the next morning, you're probably not going to have two margaritas the night before. Right. So I started looking at my life critically saying, okay, what are the things that I need to change if I want to do this? So I do a lot of, you know, waking up early. I do a lot of organization. So my schedule is basically like 5 a.m. make my bed. Um, I make my bed. That's like a kind of a big part of my day. The make your bed speech by Admiral McRaven. If you Mm -hmm. haven't listened to it, I highly encourage you to go for it. Um, The simple idea, especially with moms going through postpartum, which I did, is what are the things that you can control? like so simple what, and I call them my control variables when motherhood is crazy because it will be, it's not an option of if, or when, or why it will be crazy every day. So you as a mom need to get so good at controlling the things that you can control for your own mental health. And when you have four boys running around, it's okay. I can, I can try my best to go to bed early. Some moms can't control that. I'm going to control when I wake up, I'm going to make my bed now I'm so crazy that I've been doing cold showers. So I I'll get, <laughs> I know. And I, I used to do them after my workout. Now I'm like, no girl, like life is demanding. Get your butt up out of bed, make your bed, get in the shower. And it's cold. It's getting cold in Northern Virginia. And I do this. My brain is also, I don't like to put again, like labels on things, but I'd say I may be more of like a, um, I think I have a little bit of what they'd call like an ADHD for a female. And I need to find ways to spike my dopamine um, through a workout and through cold exposure, just little things that I experiment with so that I can operate like a, um, what am I, a Navy SEAL with my kids in a good way. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like people are probably gonna be like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. But as your kids get older and you have four of them, you realize you're basically, you know, you're managing a, t- a team essentially. And so I get a lot of inspiration from these, you know, uh, you know, these the, like the army, it's like, how do they David manage? Goggins. Absolutely. You- <laughs> yeah. Somebody called me the David Goggins of motherhood. I was like, you that's are. actually the coolest, the coolest Thank thing, <laughs> but, but you meet me and people are like, Oh, she's like very sweet. And like, <laughs> she does her makeup and she's not just in my head. I think I, yeah, I think the, that part of my brain needs structure and routine. And when so much is out of control, if I can figure out ways to, um, control things, not my kids because I can't. And I've, you know, we learned that. I think it can be a very good and healthy thing for moms. Um, so then I'll work out after my cold shower. Mm. So then I get back, I do sometimes another cold shower, 
Um, and then I get myself ready. And then that's when basically my kids are up and the whole day starts. So I've just determined if I can, again, I call it control variables. If I can set, it's like a Tony Robbins thing. If you can set your state for the day, um, I think you have a much better time of proactively going into your day rather than reactively as, as a parent. Yes. And like the whole thing of looking at motherhood, you say it's a high performance sport or as your corporate job, like you said, you're not going to drink margaritas if you have to get up at five 15 to go to work. But like moms don't look at it that way. They're like, well, I don't have to get up till my kids get up. But if you look at it like a job and mm -hmm. it's a necessity that you get up, your brain will kind of follow like you that's, I have to go to bed because I have to be a mom in the morning. And for me, like setting an alarm was everything. Like I used to just, my kids were my alarm, but if you can get up and get the shit done that you need to do. And which for me is a workout too, when they get up, like I am ready for them and there's nothing looming anymore. And it's like that extra sleep. Why wouldn't you give yourself extra sleep? You have more energy when you can get a workout in. And my sister is a CEO of a company. And she's always like, you just have to get your feet on the ground. Like that is the hardest part. Once you get your feet Amen. on the ground and you're up, it's not as bad. It's just, she's like, as tired as you are, just get your feet on the ground. And then you just feel so much more prepared. It's like, I've had coffee. I got my workout. I'll like unload the dishwasher. And then somebody comes down and it's not like the first thing I hear is like, well, I want pancakes. And you're just like, what? Cause you're just kind of getting up that extra sleep doesn't benefit you as much as you think it does. And I'm not sitting here thinking like saying that I get up at five, but I get up before my kids. I can get my workout in when mine are at school. So you like, that's the thing that's so impressive. Like stay at home moms or any mom first, you have a little bit of a break when they go to school, but that's the time you get everything else done. You don't mm. even have that during the day. Like you, so like, it's literal, <laughs> like if like my computer just said, your computer is optimizing so that it runs better. I am trying to optimize all of my systems so that we can run and I can do the things that I want to do. And now homeschool is a part of that. Running my social media platform is a big part of that. Cause I love it so much. And so I've just put my, you know, stake in the ground and I've said, I want to do all of these things. Yeah. I fully believe in myself. And if I believe in myself, I just need to creatively think about what I need to do to do them. And then I need to have the discipline to do them. If they didn't mean so much to me, I wouldn't have the discipline to do them. And so it is hard to create discipline out of nowhere. I've created the discipline because I've made choices in my life to say that, I won't settle for the corporate job. And this is really hard. And this is really scary. And I'm not saying this is bad for everybody. Like your sister no. being a CEO, go no. her. For me, it didn't work for my brain. I'm too like, I just really wanted to pursue entrepreneurship. I really want to pursue being a mom. A lot of that had to do with me saying no to things that were very scary to say no to because I've worked so hard. And why wouldn't I stay at the fortune 500 company when my whole pathway was in front of me, why wouldn't I go work post Georgetown business school and sign away, you know, this thing. And it was really scary, but time and time again, I've proven to myself that you can do it. Like you, you can do it the way that you want it. homeschool to pulling my kids out of our beloved private Catholic school was scary. Cause I was like, I, I don't have a problem with the school, but it was just this calling where I was like, I, I want more time with my kids. They're so little, they're growing up so fast. And I know I'm busy, but like, I, I feel like if I really dedicate the time and energy and discipline, I feel like I can do it. And it's not always perfect, but we're doing it, you know? Yes. 
and you felt like you were kind of like uh, missing out on, you're dropping them off and you're kind of out of the loop. Like you drop them off to learn and you're like, hold on. Like, yes. so now you can have it all. Like you've shown that, but sometimes in order to do that, you have to delegate. And as another mm -hmm. high performing individual, I feel like you'll get this. I know you've gotten to this point of delegating. Um, you have a housekeeper like once every other week. Your mm -hmm. husband shares in the chores, which mm -hmm. did he just comply with that? Was there a discussion? Like, it's very hard for me to delegate because admittedly, like I'm a martyr and I'm like, look at all I do. I validate myself. Like I worked, I got this uh, podcast edited. I wrote this blog and I made dinner and I go to bed. Like I validate myself that I did all those things. And if I delegate, then I didn't do it. And I know sure. how ridiculous that sounds. It's like, no, like, I'm holding I'm myself like to you. the standard. Then how did you do it? How did you delegate? And how do you ask for help? I can't. More squats and margaritas in a moment. Now this. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now back to squats and margaritas. I completely understand because I think that's especially, I feel like if you're a high performer, I've read about this, that you, you want control. Yes. You like to control yes. and successful people do when they know that if it's within their hands, they can do a good job. Um, but at a certain point, I think there's like a, a, um, structure to that or like a, excuse me, like a pyramid of, okay, what's at the top of my pyramid. And then if I work my way down, that's how I got to the house cleaner. So when I started saying, okay, I value and this, it is a privilege. I'm not going to lie. Um, and, and there was a time that we couldn't afford a house cleaner cleaner. Um, but I think I got to the point where I said, I'd rather like work in my social media business, get quality time with my kids and outsource that cleaning, which I, it doesn't bring me joy and I can relinquish that, that made more sense to me. And I'm helping out a, a woman and her family who come as a team yes. to then give them money. And so it's a trade of my time back for money that gainfully employs them. So I don't feel too bad, but I understand the need for control. And I have that in a lot of different things. My husband coming in, his love language is acts of service. And I started to 
recognize this. And I think when he saw my stress level rise, his way of showing love was to step in and help in any way. Um, and I'm not the best at communicating, but I think it was just a matter of like, he figured that out. And then once he figured it out, I felt safe enough to communicate with him. And we've been doing this recently. And I hate with everything in my core to miss out on my kids, um, sports, even practices. Like I want to go to everything. I want to be at everything, but sometimes we're managing the other little ones. I can't even see. So Ryan stepped in and started taking the boys this past week. I said, I, I had work piling up and I was just like, I have to skip out on that. And I need two hours of time. And so he took all four kids to the soccer practice and was like out of the house. So I think, and I have this that I'm putting together, hopefully a course, um, to help people. Cause I think it's, it's so, I don't want to say it's so hard to run a household, but you throw kids in and it's like running a micro organization. And so when I say that, I don't mean to like business size my family because it's anything but that, but it's like all people know when you have structure, there is then freedom. So there's a reason why organizations implement certain practices. It's because it works because with so many people running around, you have to have systems. And James Clear says this, he says, you know, your goal is one thing, but it's your systems that get you there. So people are like, Oh, I want my family to be running so well. I want these things to be happening. Okay but what are your systems, Mm -hmm. you know? And so people sometimes look at my life, the way I run it and it looks so regimented, but what they don't see are those in-between moments where I get a chill with my kids, you know, doing a language arts lesson. It's not like that every time, but for me, it opens up a world of freedom with my family when I can have those things under control. Yes. It's like, where is your time best spent? Like anyone can clean your toilets, but not everyone can run your social media business and not anyone can be who you are to your children. So it's kind of like, where are those points? But I would always be like, well, other moms have a business and they're, they don't have house cleaners. And it's like, I would always be like, what would people say if I, no one cares, like everybody's worried about their own stuff. And I was like, not getting help, even though I luckily could afford the help because I felt like I had to do it because other moms were doing it. And you're like quoting these like um, acclaimed authors. I'm going to quote Miss Universe, who I um, I interviewed like I love two, it. Uh, two years ago. And her reframe, I was like, you're doing all this stuff. You're traveling. You have two kids and one had special needs. And I was and she's like delegating was so hard. But I look at it as I'm the CEO. I am making all of these things happen. People show up to clean because I did that. My groceries and Instacart are delivered because I scheduled them. So I may not be doing managing. I am managing the household still, even though I'm not Mm -hmm. doing it, they showed up because I did that. And it was such a good reframe. Like she is kind of still doing it. You're the CEO making it all happen. And it's Mm -hmm. not that you're not doing it. You are outsourcing. That is the role of, of, running a family and running a household. And I was like, yeah, true. I was looking at it as I had help, but like I, if I'm orchestrating it all, it gave me the validation that I'm not being like a shitty mom or I don't know. I was a thing my husband was like, why aren't you doing other moms are doing this. I just had all this noise that I had to do it. And mm-hmm. I was interviewing somebody else and she was like, but like, why wouldn't you? And I'm like, cause by the time I would explain what it is, I could just do it myself. And she's like, I get but it. why yeah. do you have to? And I'm like, cause I can't, but why do you have to? She kept saying it. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, to show myself that I can do it without getting help. Like it's ridiculous when you think about it. It's like, why are you living this way? And who is holding you to the standard except the standard. yourself? Nobody. You are. 
And I think a lot of people in general, they get in their own way with those things. And it's like, what would make my life run more efficiently? And again, if you look at the pyramid and you think about the things that matter the most to you, which you cannot outsource, like you said, like, where can you not outsource yourself? Um, then it gets a little bit easier. And if I remind myself, we are a family, everyone needs to pitch in, including my husband. Um, and he's happy to, I just need to open my gosh dang mouth and communicate to him. And, and he loves, like, he loves it. So long as I'm not, you know, eating bonbons on the couch while he's, you know, mopping the floor, like every single day. But sometimes that happens where I've had a day and it's for the betterment of the unit. And I've got to sit there. And sometimes I am on my phone because social media is my business. Yes. You know, at the end of the day, we need to communicate. My husband and I have gotten into more like tiffs than not. And we get along very well just because I didn't open my mouth. And so it's a good reminder just to be like, look, this is where I need help. And like, Hey, like, where do you need help? And, you know, we want to operate as a unit. So let's, you know, let's, let's be a freaking unit then like, let's do this. That was me. Like I was, I didn't want to ask for help. I wanted him to see that I'm like floundering and he's like, you don't ask me. I don't know that you're drowning. You have to tell me. And I'm like, I didn't, it's pride. Like, I didn't want to have to be like, I need help. I can't do it. I need Mm. your help. And I just wanted him to see that, like. I'm giving a bath. The other one's needs wiped on the potty and they're, he's yelling for me. And I'm like, like, I want him to be like, I'll step in, but he doesn't, Mm -hmm. but he's like, you don't ask, but I'm like, Mm -hmm. I shouldn't for so long. I was like, I shouldn't have to ask. Like you're their father. You see what's happening. You step in. But he was like, no. And even my therapist is like, no, you need to like, I was like, he's just watching TV. And she's like, cause he doesn't know you need help. And I just didn't want to ask. Cause it made me Mm -hmm. feel like I couldn't do it by myself again. Like who is holding me to that, that I can't accept help. Nobody. More squats and margaritas in a moment. Now this. Guys, I have found the magic. And who would I be to not share that magic with you, my loyal squats and margaritas listeners, if you are looking for a little extra something. Maybe you're going out with the girls tonight. Maybe you have a date with your husband. Maybe you have a big work event. Maybe you just want to look bomb while you're out on your daily walk. You need Rejuvalift. Rejuvalift is a tightening clay that you just tap wherever you need it. Forehead, those little 11s between your eyebrows. I use it on the bags under my eyes, my crow's feet. You tap it wherever you need it. You let it sit in four minutes and the results last for up to seven hours. Make Rejuvalift the first step in your beauty routine. Even before you put on makeup, I have tried it. I am obsessed. It is magic. And now Squats and Margaritas listeners can get 20% off at rejuvaliftbeauty.com using code margaritas. That's R-E-J-U-V-A-L-I-F-T beauty.com and use promo code margaritas. 20% off, free shipping. You're welcome. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. 
Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Now back to Squats and Margaritas. I want to get into the brand. Um, at what point and how many kids in did you decide to share the family and start your Instagram presence? So when I was pregnant with my second, I had been, you know, post business school for maybe six months in business school. Um, a peer of mine was like, you should do that. You should take your son and these people with these photos. And I tried it and I was like, forget this. It's too saturated. It's to yeah. this. And I started, you know, posting and I was getting no traction. I'm like, no. Then a friend asked me and it was one, you know, those things that are always in the back of your mind, probably like the podcast where you're like, I should do this. I should do this. And finally you're like, I've got to do this. It's too much. So we started and we shared all things like pregnancy and like, it was because I was pregnant the second time I had gained like 60 pounds. The first time I promised myself that I was going to take care of my health better. I wanted to exercise. I wanted to eat healthier, all this stuff. So we shared kind of our journeys. And at that point, I think together we got to 10,000 followers and it was just all like pregnancy, early motherhood related. Can I ask like immediately, like pretty quick or was like a slow burn to 10,000? It was a slow burn. It was (laughs) basically two best friends sharing their pregnancy journeys. So it was probably, probably like a year. Okay. which isn't That's bad. Very impressive. Yeah. We did everything on our own. We finally got one advertisement and I think it was for, I don't even remember, but it was like a blog post, like three visits to the dentist. Like, and I was like, Oh, we made our first thousand dollars. And then we had to like split it. And I was like, Oh my <laughs> gosh, like this is for a year of work. Oh gosh. Okay. So then we split off and she started her own account. So then it really started growing. And then um, by the time I was pregnant with Bowden, our third, there were a bunch of moms blowing up because of the letter boards. Yeah. And I was like, why are these women like <laughs> blowing up because of these letter boards? And the letter board was like the thing with the moms and like the first day of school. And yep. I was like, I can purchase a letter board for $20 online and just have at it. So I was like at the, in my third trimester, I got a letter board. I was like 32 weeks pregnant, whatever, like 500 likes or something. I was like, what? You saw what was working. Yes. I just did it. (laughs) I just did it. Cause I'm like, I'm not copying them. And then I would use quotes that I would find on the internet, kind of like memes, quotes, anything that was basically savable, same as the algorithm is today savable, shareable, likable. The reason why the algorithm ticked up the letterboard posts is because the more time someone spends on a post, the higher it goes in the algorithm. People, even if they didn't like what was on the sign, had to stop or would stop and read it. So that would give me more time. I didn't realize this until I did letterboards for probably like the first I don't know. I, I recently just stopped doing them, which was crazy. Uh, but those letter boards ended up making my business grow to, uh, what it is today. So I think with social media, yeah, it's like, see what people are other, see what other people are doing. If it's working for them, there's a good chance it's going to work for you. You don't want to steal their content, but you can steal the structure of their content. 
Um, even today I do a lot of routines. My manager yeah. also manages another girl, Jenny Ashbay, who started doing these routines and she sent me a text and she's like, these are blowing up on TikTok." Usually the TikTok trends proceed Instagram trends. Just want to let you know, literally I changed my content that next day. And like, I got millions of reviews and that was my bread and butter. Cause I'm not, you know, I'm a routine girl. You're I'm doing like it a, anyway. So just yeah. film it. <laughs> I literally, she's like, these are working. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have so many routines. And then since then it would just develop more like tips and tricks. And so that was in 2000. My third son was born when it started growing in 2019. Um, and then now we're 2023. So I've been through many stages of content creation. Now the video creation takes a whole lot of time, but I also enjoy it more Same. because it, you know, it, you get to see more behind the scenes. I get a lot more like tips from social media. You know, now you see kind of a lifestyle photo of someone and you're like, I asked myself, I'm like, how is this helping me? <laughs> Uh, so that's like, and it's like happy Monday and they have a million likes. And then you go in your ear, like, you know, I quit Instagram. Like every other week I'm like, I quit Instagram because I cannot grow. I only go down. Like I only go down, Brooke. Like it'll be something 0.7, 0.6. And I'm like, I don't, I do enjoy creating content. Like I love if I go on a trip somewhere, like seeing where it's like getting a little bit of the plane and going and, and putting it all together. then I find Mm -hmm. trending audio. It's so for me, like hit or miss, like something that is so stupid. And I'm like, why did I even share that will take off and something that I really spend time on. And I'm like, it has value and it's beautiful. And it has a beautiful Canva cover mm-hmm. will die. I and understand. then I'm like, I don't, there's no rhyme or reason. And then I Absolutely. want to be able to give value, but the ones that are value just gets like skipped over. Maybe. I completely understand. After I had my fourth son, I had been doing the letter boards up until that point. That's when TikTok just went off the charts like crazy. And that's when Instagram took off with video content. Cause let's all remember that Instagram did not use to be video content, which is kind of hard to remember. So if you're a content creator relying on doing photos now, all of a sudden I had had my fourth baby and it was like, Oh my gosh, now I have to do videos. And all of it was trending audios. I hopped on the bandwagon. Like we all did. uh, Most of us. Uh, looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, I, but like I was doing what at the time the market called for and it was working like, and with any business, you've got to look at the trends, you know, whether it's fortunately, fortunately what I've learned since then, what I, what I started to have a very hard time with is I felt controlled by the app. I felt for the first time that the app was controlling me rather than like, generally I was putting out content that I was controlling. Uh, and we all have to play by the game a little bit, but I remember just kind of getting into this huge funk. That's when I started my podcast. And I was like, this is more value add the people that I have right now, which was around 240,000 people. Um, I hoped some would come over to the podcast, but it's really hard to transfer your, um, unless you have like 2 million followers, you know, or a very loyal audience. My, my audience was loyal. Um, and I also started my podcast probably on the wrong, wrong topic, which is interesting. What was it? Uh, I, well, I started it on entrepreneurship for women and looking back, I don't think that was a bad thing, but now I'm like, kind of like what my bread and butter is are like my routines and systems as a mom. Yes. What I've realized on social media 
is that, you know, it's so hard when you're in the moment because you just want to get is dopamine. You get the shares and it's good for your business (laughs) and your book. Yes. You're like, I'm not doing this all for nothing. But I think you have to think of like the longevity of your happiness, the longevity of your business and what outweighs the trends is the substance of the material. And you clearly have it. So now it's just a matter of the delivery and figuring out how you can deliver the substance or maybe creating a framework. Cause I felt the same way. I was like, I have all this stuff I can share, but I'm doing these videos that get millions of views. I remember like one to lose the baby weight. I did this, like the marching one where it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it got like 7 million views or something. But I'm like, how does that help? Like anybody, yes. right? You, your valuable so, content. You feel like nobody sees it's getting better. I How's it getting better? Did you, what did you, what change? I'm discovering is you <laughs> have to have an opinion and you have to have a thing that people go to you for. Like she has to be the girl that like now I think my audience has turned over from the letter boards and what I think my audience is and people get mad now because my audience has turned over is high performance motherhood. So I'm kind of the David Goggins of moms. I'm going to make some people mad. It's not my intention ever, but what I will do is I'm going to start to go viral with the women who really need to see my content. You know what I mean? You got everyone's going to love you. You have to almost be polarizing and that's you do. And not in a way where you're like, Oh, who's mom? I'm never doing that. But what I am for the women who really need my message, those high performing, high achieving women who are probably athletes who are probably corporate girls, maybe went to stay home with their kids. And they're like, I am stuck. That's who I'm for. So I think if you're like the, the, this is who I'm for, I'm not against anyone, but this is my clear market who I'm for. And I'm going to get so tight on my messaging for okay. those people. And I think that's when people, cause people will see my content and they'll be like, she's crazy. I go on, I went on a popular podcast basically. Cause it was, I wasn't going to go on, but I told my husband, I was like, I'm just going to go on it because I feel, I'm confident with who I am, but she's like kind of crazy. Like does these routines. What and, is it? I'll take it out if you uh, want me to take it out. But oh no, me. it's where my mom's at. I don't know what that is. I don't know. I know that she's one. a comedian and she was, lo- she was actually lovely, but they did <laughs> kind of trash me after. Cause I listened or I watched it what? after which not trash, but in a comedian way, uh, which is fine. But I told Ryan, I'm like, I am now 36. I generally know who I am. Yes. I believe in putting good content into the world. If people get mad, that's never my intention. So that has to do more with what they're seeing and where they're at. And I apologize to them for that. If they're a comedian making fun of me, I wouldn't personally do that to anybody else. So I feel good about being on this podcast, being who I am, even if people think I'm crazy, because guess what? There's 462,000 women who follow me because they get something out of what I have to say. So if that's going to make some people mad, fine. You know, but, but, but the messages that I get from women being like, you changed my life. You changed my motherhood. Like it makes me want to cry. You know, it's like, who are you at the end of the day? Can you put more of the good of you out into the world? Do it, you know? Yes. I'm just thinking at the beginning, you're like, you don't have those accolades, like working in the corporate world and these accolades when you're a mom, those are your accolades. Those are your flowers. Like you're changing people's lives. Like you don't have a little trophy of like woman of the year at the uh, women of entrepreneurship awards, but you are, those are, that's the accolades. Like knowing that you are changing lives with content that you create that gets you up at five fifteen, And that like, you know, that you're making a difference 
And I think that too, it's like when you really work on something and you have a message and you know, it can help people. And then you feel like it's not being seen and you see crap that it is going viral. And it's like, we share what we relate to because to a certain level, it's a representation of who we are, whether it's funny or this, it's like, look at me sharing this, Yes, which I understand at a baseline, like psychological level, which is why I think it's so important, especially as moms that we're so careful, a like the content that we consume and we're all not perfect at this. You have to stop yourself and be like, what am I watching? (laughs) My kids literally sitting in the next room and I get, you know, 18 more moments to look over and look at a smile. And I love this analogy. And one of the speakers at the homeschool conference used it and I'm not perfect in this, but I strive for it. He said, if you look at a crooked pole in the dirt, you know, the easiest way to see that it's crooked is to put a straight pole next to it. And so I remind myself of that while I'm not perfect with it. It's like, the longevity of who the type of what, like the impact I want to make in the world, especially if I'm taking time away from my kids. Right. Um, and then the people I ultimately want to attract, like girl who (laughs) loves the heck out of her kids, who wakes up at five in the morning, because I do, who wants to run an entrepreneurial business. And imagine if our world was circulating with that kind of content. So maybe right now it's going to get two likes by my mom, (laughs) but (laughs) At the end of the day, I, I believe in like the power of like that energy that I put into it. And, and I don't know, I just believe that so fiercely in life that like you do get rewarded for those risks that you take the decisions that you make, even at the time, if it doesn't feel like it, I think the longevity of it will reward you in my opinion. And then when it comes to content creation, you have to think of like, who am I then attracting? If I do like a viral video, yeah. <laughs> who, who will, my followers will be on mush. So now I, once again, back to that tight audience, I'm like, yes, you know what? At the end of the day, who am I? I'm the hardcore high performing mom who loves the heck out of her kids. Okay. That's my content. You know, that is yeah. Such so a I'm like, point. I'd rather be hardcore about the things that I believe in. And over time, like I shared a video the other day about you know, seven things I do to create energy as a mom. And I said something that was controversial, not wanting it to be controversial. What? I watched that one. What was controversial? So the controversial part, which I, like I said, I'm not sitting there being like, Ooh, how am I going to get like this other mom? (laughs) Slip this in there. (laughs) So the part that was controversial was I said, um, some parents will sell you the narrative that motherhood is tiring and exhausting while Yes, it can be. Here are um, some things that can easily counteract that to create an abundance of energy. Right. So it was, it's okay that motherhood is tiring and exhausting. And it's okay that women feel that way. And they should be justified in the way that they feel being tired. And they should be supported rather than saying that you can do these things that are quote easy, because all the things that you shared are not easy. 90% of the comments were beautiful, but of course you don't see those. You just, right. You go right into the, I looked at my husband. He's like, what's wrong? Cause my, I just was like internalizing it. And I'm like, I feel like I didn't mean to make these women feel bad, but like, but then I woke up the next morning and I was like, that's my message. And if some people can't handle it, 
they're not my people anyway. I, yeah. I don't have any ill will on a mom that is struggling and having a hard time. I was her yeah. four years ago, but I've evolved and I can try to help people get to where I am. And if yes. they're not open to it, they're not my people. If it were me back then, maybe I would be angry. But I think as I evolved and grew over time, I would hope that someone would put content out that could maybe get me to the point that makes me feel not so crazy and out of control as a mom. So, you know, that your intention is to help and you know that, and it's like, you were there and now you figured it out. So you have to share, you're not going to sit on it. You know how to help and you're going to put it out there and you know, your intention. I have to ask, do you respond to those comments? Oh, this is a good question. If you have an audience, you're going to go through it no matter who you are. Nobody is loved by a hundred percent of the people, a hundred percent of the time. So that's a good reminder. Um, I want to always do the right thing, but I also don't want to be drugged through the mud if I really think it's unnecessary. So I'll just try to be diplomatic about it. And again, I think maybe not answering at all and just letting it go. In fact, my, my comments and DMS were turned off by Instagram one time just for like a week. They were like, yeah. you went against community guidelines because oh, some automated feature, yes. right? But it was kind of the best seven days of my life <laughs> because I couldn't respond to anybody. <laughs> and I told my husband, I was like, this is kind of empowering. Yeah. I'm like, I can see what they say, but I don't really care as much because I can't yes. really say anything back. I think it's when we get so invested that we have like a retaliation, you know, yes. that we We're have sensitive to be about right. our content. Yes. Yeah. And so I balance it. Usually if it's like the beginning, right after I post, I'm trying to engage with people anyway, because yeah, I, gotcha. I right. want to help the algorithm. I yes. want to know people to know that I'm engaged with what they have to say, what they have to think, thank the people that are nice and enthusiastic about it. If there's like on that post, some nasty ones, I did respond and I just responded in a way and in my mind, sometimes I want to be like, oh, like, da, 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 right. Block. But I, <laughs> yeah. And so, and I did block a few people okay. who I think made me feel icky. And I think as content creators, we have to understand too, that if something makes us icky, this is, you have to also protect your space. Yeah. And I will not apologize for deleting any comments, even if they're not, sometimes I've blocked people and I kind of, am like, oh, I kind of feel bad. Maybe I should have kept them around, but you know what? I'm a mom. I have to protect my yeah. space. It's and your if, page. If you don't want somebody page, there, but you, it's your, page I know, even if it's not that controversial, but it just irks me enough to be yeah. like, and if you get so many of those and it's just the 10th one, sometimes I'm like, I can't, like, I can't. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, it has happened before, but you also have to be aware that like what you say, people will repost to like Reddit and all of this, that's not the reason I do it, but kind of like, sometimes I'm like the, the human in you wants to be like, da, 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 da. they'll screenshot it and they'll put it on there. So that's a good, so what's what it's like, take a, take a beat. <laughs> Cause if you hit a, you're held to a different live. standard, a hundred percent. And that's okay. That's the cost of what, what it is. You know, it's good life skills. My son this morning, he, his brothers weren't being nice to him. I'm like, people are mean to mommy on. So I want them to know, like, People are mean to mommy all and he, because he excused himself out of the situation. And I was so proud of him. Yeah. He said, I don't want to play with you guys anymore. And I was like, that reminded me of what, what I should do. And that's what mommy, you know, mommy deals with and what mommy should do. And this is what I do when I'm in those situations, you know? And so we have to think, okay, we're a mom, like I'm Perfect. a mom. I can't 
you know, you're modeling what you would like them or how you would like them to respond yes. in the same situation. I have to share the reframe that Tiffany Jenkins, uh, juggling the Jenkins. She was like my number one. I finally got her. And I was like, how do you handle like trolls and negative comments? And she's like, same thing that I was just saying, like, you only see the bad ones. Like she's like, even if there's 900 good ones. And she said, I was responding to them, but somebody else said to her, why are you giving that negative person the, um, satisfaction of a response when everybody mm -hmm. else that wrote you something beautiful, you didn't even acknowledge or respond to. <laughs> Isn't that and I truth? was like, yes. I was like, what a reframe. Why are it's you giving them yeah. a response and all these beautiful comments? So I always think about that. Yeah. I've had you for over an hour. Um, I want to end it. Squats and margaritas is balancing all the things as a mompreneur, you have a brand, you wrote a book for boys, you homeschool them. How do you balance it all? Like for me, balancing it all and actually being present, like it, I'm, I'm with my kids during the time that I have my kids, like, but I admittedly, it's very hard for me to shut off like the brand and everything else that I'm like creating that kind of content. How do you balance it all and like be present when you're just mom and kind of shut off brand Brooke? More squats and margaritas in a moment. Now this, now back to squats and margaritas. That's a very good question. <clears throat> and I think like back to the earlier, like, conversation is systems. Yeah. <laughs> systems. Like if you're running a household, running a business, running, you know, 5,000 different things, it's like impossible to be present with like everything individually all the time, unless you have like certain systems in place. And I'm always trial and erroring those systems and they aren't admittedly perfect, especially as like a mom content creator. Um, and as my kids get older, it is something that I've had to face the reality that my kids are getting older. Like, do they want this? Now they see me on this. Now I'm filming. Like, do yeah. they feel comfortable? Right. You know? And I think if I can over explain, I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, if I can over explain, especially to them and like, what it means, what mommy does, I feel better than keeping them out of the loop. If that makes sense. Yeah. So if I say, if I operate it more as like a family business, like you see these kids working for family businesses all the time. And most, for the most part, like people didn't have a problem with that. The kids were like involved and it was part of it. Right. It's true. Yeah. I know I'm not answering your question. No, no, no. Um, I, get, I get what you're saying. This is, yeah. yeah. That's a part of it. I think with my kids that sometimes I do have some multitasking, but that's not my goal you know? And so <clears throat> the big part, I think explaining to my kids what I do, why I do it, why, you know, it can be important for our family and asking them like at any point I did this with school too. Do you want to homeschool? Like, do you not want to be in this? It, but let me lay out like what, what we're doing here yeah. and why, and like empowering them to like be okay with that. And then when they see me on my phone, they're not like, what was mommy doing? Like yes. my son actually did act me, ask me that last week. And it was this reminder that I should have, especially as homeschooled kids, I should have went up to my boys and said, Hey guys, mommy has a post she has to put up. I'm probably going to be sitting on the couch there on my phone, editing that post. Cause the last thing I want my kids to think I'm doing is scrolling social media. And that's accountability for me too. Yes, That's like, if I'm sitting there and I told my, my two sons that are home or four sons at the same time, and here I am, but I think it's this shift in awareness. I think we've become a culture of people who are not aware. We open our phones and those are habits. James Clear, James Clear's book, Atomic Habits is a great one because it's like, take a 
bird's eye view of the habits that you're doing throughout the day. And then once you understand your habits, get rid of the bad ones or reduce them as much as you can increase the good ones and then systemize your life so that you can prioritize the things that are important. So for me, especially as someone who gets like anxiety, if I have something to do, I can't not think about it. Yep. So know your brain. How do you operate? I will have that anxious stress feeling if I don't get it taken care of. And this isn't to value my priorities in this way, but it's to say, if I can just, I actually value the social media less, but if I can check it off, I can then spend time with my kid. It's like my workout, yes. right? So I value my kids more. So why don't I get those things taken care of that I need to do because I've got to do them for my business, which I enjoy my exercise, which I is good for my health. Yes. Take care of those things so that then I can be present. But if we wait to take care of those things, that's when the stress continues to build, or at least for me, build and build and build and build. And all of a sudden we're at the coffee shop. I needed to post a story thing and I didn't, I couldn't even be present with my kids. We're never going to be perfect at this, but I think for me, I try so hard the night before to think of the things that I have to do. And I'll like time chunk out my day. I'll try. And then in the morning, I try to prioritize it. I'm like an over planner, but it's because I have so many things to do. I literally like think of, okay, what's my story content going to be? When am I going to edit that reel? And it's never perfect. But um, I think if you know what you're doing, your brain, then Dr. Huberman talks about this, creates an anticipatory circuit so that when you're doing the thing, it doesn't feel, you don't feel like you have as much friction with it. Yeah. So as much as you can like rehearse your next day too, and then take care of those things. It's all about like, how do I manage my stress? How do I reduce my stress? It all goes back to systems. Yes. Think, <laughs> and getting it done. Yes. You know, once I have you get to get that it thing off done, like, so that I can like, yes. okay, then, then I can like, be with my kids. Now yeah. I, mine has started, my daughter will like catch me. I'm very um, hypervigilant and have to be, going and moving and things have to be checked off mm-hmm. and then I can be present, but like to, to a, like my detriment and I'm on medication for it, but like, I will see things and try to clean it up. So then I could go do the bedtime routine and it's making I'm it look like way. that. Yeah. But it's making it look like that's more important. And my daughter, the other day, she was like, I'm picking things up and she's like, I'm ready to go to bed. And I'm like, okay. She knew what I was doing. I had all these things and I was going to take them to the playroom. She's like, mommy, could you not take it to the playroom right now? And I was like, drop. And I was like, you're yep. I'm like, well, let's go do bedtime. Cause she's like, she's good. She has to do that first. She sees me mm-hmm. being this way. Nobody's holding me to this standard that everything has to be clean before bedtime. But I like to get things done and get that done so that I can be present with her. But I was like, oh my God, she notices. And I was like, yeah, I'm drop that. Yeah, I'll take it to the playroom later. Cause she sees me and like that is absolutely accountable. Stop being a psycho. You don't need to have everything done. I know that I'm doing it for them so that mm-hmm. I can be present with them, but they don't mm-hmm. see it. They see that I'm doing that first. Like it's more important. And I hate Totally, that. totally. And I think I 100% am with you. And it reminds me just as you're saying it, because I catch myself in the same situation. It's like, maybe I should be over explaining and, and yeah. for sure, like, Oh, hun, like I just have this pile or, and then it, and then it holds me accountable. I am such a big person on personal re- responsibility too. Yeah. I'm like, how can I just be better the next time? Could I have done the laundry earlier? Could I have maybe yes. a better system with that? Can we have a basket at the bottom of the stairs where all the junk goes from the day so that I'm not picking up the things? I think that's like the whole overarching message 
to moms is not to like put so much on our plate, but like, how can we create these little systems so that we can do the things that we want to do? And we're never going to get it right a hundred percent of the time. But like, I think it's just our willingness that we want to do it because we love our kids so much so that you're not being so hard on yourself in the moment being like, Oh, I'm such a bad mom. I can't even be present with my kids. Cause I'm too focused on this. Like that doesn't yeah help anyone. I think the better message is like, I love my kids so much that I want everything to be perfect so that I can fully be present with them. That's not a problem. That's a mom just wanting to give her the best of herself to her kids. Yes. Like, but how can I maybe balance that a little bit better? Like yes. how could I hide the mess in a bucket so that it doesn't create the stress yes. or maybe I'm going to relinquish that control to my husband to clean the kitchen. Maybe it's not up to my standard so that I can do bedtime <laughs> and really try to do bedtime rather than get caught up with the five zillion things that we all have to do. Cause we do. Yes. And to give yourself grace for when those moments aren't perfect. Um, and I know moms will, I don't know how people feel about this, but like a lot of this has to do with like why I decided to like homeschool our kids. If I'm being fully transparent in the first place, I just felt like I didn't get enough hours because there was so much to do, Yeah, you know? And so I'm like a lot of the quality time I get back with my kids is sitting down distraction-free teaching them. Um, and sometimes there's still distractions, but it was my brain's way of figuring out a solution to how, you know, I can connect with my kids in a more proactive way than because at the end of the day, I was like, I'm giving my kids the worst part of me, the tired part of them. I don't know how, how I can sustain this, the rest of their childhood, you know, and it's not solved through homeschool. But I think again, it's one of those things like we need to give ourselves credit for our guts more often for us to be like, something doesn't feel right about this. And if something doesn't feel right, how can I make it better for everyone? And I think we tend to weigh what society is telling us a lot of the times is the best way or the only way. And I think if we're just like, you know what, I'm going to do something totally, completely freaking weird and different, but it feels right for my family because of how we operate. And I know people might disagree with that and be like, well, your kids are missing out on this or like they're missing out on this. I don't think there's anything more important to me now than my family, like my parents and my sister and then my immediate family, you know? So I'm like, I have to remind myself that like, those are like the wheels that make it all turn. And there's plenty of time for all the other things. Brooke, you are fabulous. If people want more from you, where can they find you? Sure. I'm on Instagram at Brooke Rabel. That's B-R-O-O-K-E Rabeld, R-A-Y-B-O-U-L-D. And then I have little mini guides that people can tap into as well. They're um, like my control variables, morning routine. Um, I have a lot of free downloads, which if you go to my Instagram and if you scroll through my reels and you just comment the keyword and the caption, a lot of those will send automatically, um, how to treat being a mom, like a job is one of them that got thousands of downloads. It's a free little download of my thoughts on how to do that. You are mompreneur goals and I can't wait to see what you do next. You're so sweet. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for listening to the Squats and Margaritas podcast. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of Squats and Margaritas.